Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fortify Podcast, where our goal is to talk about all things that are hopefully fortifying to you and to your local community. Hey, 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 everyone. Today with me on the podcast is my friend and co-laborer in the advancement of medical freedom, Ashley Grog. Ashley holds a Master's of Science in Nursing and is the founder of Hoosiers for Medical Liberty, which seeks to promote advocacy for the protection of medical liberty and informed consent for all. Ashley has just completed a major, major, major endeavor called the VAERS Project, and she is here to tell us all about it and why it is important and how it affects you. So welcome, Ashley. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, yes. So glad you're here because I'm so excited about this project. So let's just jump right in. What is the VAERS Project and what was the catalyst in creating it? Yeah, the VAERS Project is nurse-driven research and education on VAERS for healthcare personnel. Okay, I guess we should say, what is VAERS? Yeah. What, does, what is that acronym? Okay. VAERS is the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. It is co-administrated by the CDC, the FDA, and HHS. It was created back in 19... I think it was in 1990. It was finally completed, but with the passage of um, the National... Childhood Vaccine Injury Act in 1986. So lots of boring facts there for you, but... Well, no, they're not boring because they're actually foundational to understanding why... I mean, it was created because... Well, you can yeah. explain what was happening. So in, in 1986 or prior to 1986, vaccine manufacturers were facing civil tort liability suits and it was... Um, it, it was a threat to their business. They were having to pay out so much for vaccine injuries that they went to the government and they said, look, either you remove liability or we're not going to continue to make these vaccines anymore because we can't, you know, we can't make a profit. We can't afford to lose our business. At that time, you know, Congress had decided that the national vaccine program was so important to mitigating vaccine preventable illnesses um, that they were going to continue and they would remove liability. And that is when NVIC, the National Vaccine Information Center, kind of got involved because they were removing liability and liability is what maintains the integrity, the integrity, the sense of doing right. You know, if you take away liability from a product, the desire to ensure that that product is, is safe goes away well especially not only do you take so here you're a manufacturer and um oh guess what you're we're going to take away liability and we're also going to make sure that everybody in the country has to take your product so yeah <laughs> it's kind of a perfect it's a, perfect business model but i don't know about a safety model yeah conflict of interest there just a bit so in in the name of patient safety nvic advocated for um the creation of a monitoring system which would be VAERS. Um, under HHS, which is the Department of Health and Human Services, and they kind of oversee all the things, um, Medicare, Medicaid, very, very big um, organization. And so they created VAERS in order to detect safety signals because what they also knew is that even though thorough clinical trials were being done, not every side effect or reaction would be caught in those trials because the population is so large, there may be subsets of patients that are more likely to experience reactions. And so VAERS is actually designed not to be a place where reactions are reported because they're known to be connected to a vaccine. But when it happens, 
any clinically significant event after vaccination. So anything that requires medical care, treatment, follow-up should be reported, period. And why this is important is if you look at something like rotavirus vaccine, which all children get in their normal schedule, it took six years and this is in the education, six years for a safety signal for the rotavirus to be identified with intussusception, which is an issue with the intestines. And these these reactions clustered between three to six days, and it was not seen in clinical trials. It wasn't until after this vaccination, it's an oral vaccination, was released into the general public. And thank goodness, providers were reporting these instances of, of babies developing intussusception. And after six years worth of data, they decided that, yes, this is, in fact, an issue. Yeah, six years is a long time. It is a long time. And so if you can't say, you can't look back and say for certain, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I wonder, I, I question if VAERS was widely known about and if providers could accurately and efficiently make various reports how much sooner would these issues have been identified exactly exactly and how does that impact the patients because if we know that this is occurring we can educate parents on what to watch for in this case parents on on the signs and symptoms to watch for and to seek care so that way their their child does not experience a a greater symptom burden, which leads to long-term consequences, maybe surgeries more significant. And so this is really a patient safety issue. This, this isn't pro-vax. This isn't anti-vax. This is just science. Safety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's important for us to realize because you hear conflicting things. You, you don't recognize that theirs is not for confirmed reactions. It is for, collecting information to detect safety signals. And I think when we can break down that barrier, physicians are going to be more likely to report. Nurses are going to be more likely to report. Patients are going to be more likely to report. And so that's really my mission is to make it so that way we can have quality data that we can look at, that we can learn from, that we can help improve patient outcomes. Because you know, you know my heart. We've had this discussion before. I really struggle. I have to guard my heart because unnecessary human suffering. I've told you, I can't watch a lot of those videos because it just upsets me so much. And then I'm, it's almost like I'm paralyzed, um, from the emotion of like, is this even worth it at this point? Like, should I even try the, the there's no hope for this, but then I come to my senses and I push oh, the emotions aside and I say, okay, it's time to get to work. Let's go. Um, and that's why this project was born is because I saw I saw that reactions do happen. I mean, point blank, they happen with everything. You can have too much water, you can have too much sunlight, you can have too much metformin, you can have too much metoprolol. Like I don't know, I'm going with M names, but um, you can absolutely have a reaction to anything. And my goal is just to reduce that that suffering, make it as short as possible, and reduce the long term impacts on on patients or people. So the VARES project is specifically designed to educate healthcare professionals. It's 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 yeah. directed toward the healthcare professionals saying, "Hey, do you know about this? Do you well, I can guarantee yes. I can guarantee you don't know about this actually. <laughs> Not guarantee, but well, because your medical background, yeah. you've worked in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, 
I want to say that anybody can read science. Anybody can read knowledge that's meant for healthcare professionals. So I want to put that out there. If you are not a medical professional, you can still read this. In fact, I encourage you to. Um, yeah, so you can have the discussion with your doctor. Yeah, hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, this is what this really is. We need to bust these myths and and just move into a better place of science. But um, it is designed specifically with the healthcare professional in mind because they're the ones who are going to carry the burden of this. They're the ones who are responsible for this. This is our duty to our patients to first do no harm. And when there is potential for harm, we need to be able to react appropriately and take care of whatever the consequence is, right? Um, everybody deserves informed consent and then they also deserve appropriate care following up. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so you just got in your head, Hey, I want to educate the world. I mean, I'm out to save the world one person at a time. It's going to happen. I get told all the time, you know, you can't save everyone. Well, I may not be able to save them, but I can certainly, provide information and and improve quality of life I mean oh my goodness that's the biggest thing is quality of life so so you sat down and yeah I've been asking people to do this project for a couple years like at the state house I would meet another healthcare provider and I automatically think everybody is as crazy as I am and like (laughs) wanting to do these seemingly impossible things nobody was biting and then um back in May I had a volunteer step up and, and she saw the issues happening and she really wanted to help. And so we started down this path and, um, put out some, I wanted to know the depth of the problem. And so put out just a, a, a survey on our website so that way they could go answer some questions. And we ended up getting about a hundred, well, a hundred responses from Indiana nurses and the results were abysmal. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this cannot wait. And the results were abysmal. Uh, the results showing that the lack of knowledge on yeah, theirs. Yeah. Okay. So like 68%, you can find the, the statistics on the website, VAERSproject.com, but 68%, 70% said that they had a working knowledge of VAERS. But then I asked the question later on, like, do you know where to go to file a VAERS report? And more people answered that question. Either they didn't know where to go to file a report or um, they answered it incorrectly. And so that was pretty obvious. Um, So they kind of think they know, but then when you get down to the... Yeah, they don't have a clue. Yeah. Yeah. And and I didn't either. I mean, it's daunting and you hear, we've heard prominent physicians say what a burden it is, how difficult it is. And then they have these fears because their name is attached to that report of what kind of repercussions. And I, I think that's important. If we bit, if we bust down the myths and misconceptions about VAERS and what it is, like you're not confirming your reaction. You're just stating you're being objective. Patient was vaccinated on such and such date. This, you know, problem occurred on such and such date. This was the pattern after it. You're not confirming or denying anything. That's not your job. Your job is just to provide the data. Provide facts. Yes. Just give the factual information. Yeah. Um, Cut the motions out of it. Like sometimes that's what we got to do is go into our clinical brain and just look at it from a purely scientific and, and objective. So do you know if, you know, doctors receive any repercussions if they're filing reports and it's just like, Hey, we don't want you to either the hospital says, Hey, you know, we really don't want you putting that in the system. Hey, 
you know, the FDA and the CDC, they just don't want this kind of data out there. We really discourage you because we're really trying to get this vaccine out, as we've seen with the COVID vaccines. Um, do you have, I, I have no idea. Do you have yeah. any? So that's actually one of the questions we asked on the survey, because I wanted to know, I hear people say, and this isn't, I mean, this is just firsthand experiences. These are communications. This is real life, real life talk. So I would ask people, you know, why didn't you file a report or, and have these conversations and they say, I was discouraged. So we put that question on our survey. Have you ever been discouraged from filing a report? And I think it was 14% said that they had been, and that's nurses. So I didn't ask by who, and I didn't ask, um, I, I just didn't delve into that any further, but they have been discouraged. And you do hear, you know, out there in the, the interwebs, well, they talk especially about in today's climate with what's going on with the COVID vaccines. Yeah. So I can't point fingers and say it's coming from this organization or that organization or this entity, but it, it apparently does happen. And so I, again, I point back to the myths and misconceptions. I think when people associate VAERS with anti-vax, we have to stop that. Yes, it's, that's absolutely. not what it is. It's a government agency and they say now, granted, it's very difficult to find a cohesive, and this is part of the reason I developed the VAERS project, is because you search and you start reading and you're trying to figure out, well, what the heck does a clinically significant adverse, what is an adverse event, first of all? Like, is it a specific thing? Are there diagnoses? Like, is, the, uh, is there a list of oh, diagnoses? Yes, yes. And so your clinical brain, at least my clinical brain, goes into like a million different places of trying to, because you want to do the right thing and you want to be accurate and you don't want to misrepresent something. That's how we should be, you know? Exactly. That's called science. We are objective and we put the facts out there and we look at it and we try to hypothesize and then we prove or disprove, you know, we test and, and prove or disprove. And that's what we should be doing. But unfortunately with this, we're not. Why? Because it's anti-vax? That's not a good enough answer for me. Yeah, I mean, that stigma is just, it's, I mean. It needs to be broken so, down. And yeah. it, it needs to be disconnected from VAERS because VAERS is, it, it's a CDC, HHS, FDA program. It's and not specifically coming. designed just to collect data. data. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. And and detect safety signals. And then in, in the education, it goes into talking about how there are different systems that, because VAERS re, relies completely on spontaneous reporting from providers. That means that I, as a nurse, have to recognize that my patient has had some sort of adverse event. You know, notice I did not say reaction. I said adverse event. My patient has had some sort of adverse event, and then I have to actively take the time to make that report. Now, I have completed reports before, and it's only taken me 10 minutes, but I was working with a friend to help her complete this report, this most recent one, and I, I told her in advance, I said, I want a list of all your medications. I want your medical history. I want you to have the dates of the different things that had happened to you. And so that way I can plug those things in. I knew what I was looking for. And when we know what we're going in expecting, it's a lot faster. But again, that takes time. And right. in today's medical you know, industry, Doctors don't have a lot of time. Nurses don't have a lot of time. And so we're asking them to take on these, these great challenges. And it just seems like an extra burden 
along with their normal charting. And it's something that should just be automatic, but it's not. Why? You know, that's a question for another day. Why? Why is this not automated? People just don't understand. There's just the connection is, I guess, is not being made to, to how important this data is, you know, because... I mean, like you said, with the rotavirus, I mean, it took six years. And six but look, years. H- look how many people had to react, you know, that it took to get that out all, there. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And so we. <laughs> the second part is VAERS reports can be made automatically, but nobody is using the system. I had read the Harvard VAERS study from 2010 that the CDC had commissioned. It showed less than 1% of adverse events were reported in that study. I had read that probably 60 times, but I felt this deep nagging calling to go back and read it again. And I did. And that's when I found, because I always wondered how they got that information because I, you know me, I question everything. I'm like, how did you get that? Is that really real? That seems pretty, that's abysmal. Like I need to know before I start complaining about this and before I get people all worked up, I need to know that that data is accurate. Not that I question the integrity of Harvard, you know, no, but no, but I wanted to know how, like how, and what they did was they made, um, it's an, it's called ESP electronic support for public health. ESP is a separate program. It's electronic support for public health. This technology was created by Harvard and it is used outside of theirs. There are many applications for this um, particular piece of technology. It was supported by um, the NIH and multiple other different big name organizations, the CDC, the Office of National Coordinator for Health Information Technology, and it is being used around the country. So this is an established program. When the Harvard Pilgrim study was done back in 2010, they had applied this technology to the VAR system. It had previously been used in the public health systems in Massachusetts. There's a, a program called MAVEN, um, and they use it in other states as well that track things like HIV and tuberculosis, so that way they can ensure that patients are receiving treatment, that the spread isn't increasing, and it's all about public health information. They applied this program, ESP, to the VAERS program, and it generated automated reports. I, I can you explain that? I don't automated reports. Yes. So the the application is used and it works with different algorithms. So they take in and put certain conditions. Like if a patient has lab results such as X, Y, and Z, or if they're admitted to the hospital, they put conditions. So if a patient meets a certain condition or criteria, that shows up in their electronic medical record, the chart is what we'll call that. The electronic medical record is their chart. Theirs ESP will detect those data points. Then it will collect them and send either an automated, so it does it automatically, the provider doesn't have to do anything. It takes the automated report, gathers the necessary information for what VAERS is asking. So the patient name and date of birth and their health conditions, their allergies, medications, all the things, and automatically sends that to VAERS for low acuity or relatively reactions that aren't complex, things that are kind of expected. I have a headache. I have nausea and vomiting. I have a sore swollen arm. Those kind of things, low acuity adverse events are automatically reported. The reason that this is so important is because then the, it's not 
solely reliant on the provider, number one, identifying that an adverse event has occurred, and number two, pulling all the information from the chart. So when you have an automated report, it really relieves the burden on the providers because it might not be the doctor or it might not even be the same nurse that that patient sees. When you think about going to the doctor's office, you don't always see the same nurse. And even if you do, how many patients do those nurses see a day? They're not going to remember, oh, well, little Johnny got his, you know, pertussis vaccine three days ago. That's just kind of something that happens, you know, after the fact or behind the scenes. Um, and it's difficult for parents to know, hey, this is this is what happened. A lot of times we don't make those connections between I got a vaccine and then this thing happened. It's It's just not something that's on the forefront of our mind because you know, in today's society, vaccines are safe and effective, and that's the end of the story. Well, in reality, sometimes side effects happen, just, right. just like with any other medication. And so it relieves the burden of the provider, you know, the patient having to see the same provider to recognize that the vaccine happened and then this, you know, whatever the health condition was occurred. The computer does that on its own. The The software, the technology that Harvard wow. has created, VAERS ESP, the VAERS application of ESP, automatically collects and cites that. Now, in the case of more complex or maybe uncertain reactions, the software will still collect the same data, but they will take and send a message through the chart, the electronic medical record, and the provider will be able to review that. They'll be able to look at the different data points. Patient A came into the emergency room with shortness of breath and chest pain, Three days after vaccination, the patient was, you know, found to have whatever. Myocarditis was diagnosed, you know, two weeks later. That's a difficult chain of events a lot of times for one provider to catch because you don't often see the same doctors. You go to the ER, that's one right. physician. You go right. to your primary care doctor, that's another physician, and so on and so forth. And so it really helps conquer those those barriers and medical professionals will understand the term silos, you know, the separation of different areas of medicine. And that's why VAERS ESP is so important because not only does it reduce the burden on the provider to take the time to make the report, to gather all the necessary information and to submit it, but it also helps them identify them when they may not have their hands on that patient all the time. It might be a different provider. Makes sense. Yeah, and so it's it's huge, really, because then we can identify and track and trace, and by it collecting all the information from the chart on its own, you're going to have more complete, more accurate reports, less likely to have some of those, you know, human errors, we'll say, where I'm just going to provide the basic information because I don't have time to do this. Right. That's huge for our providers. We need to love on them, and we need to support them and, and help them, you know, if we don't, if we have the technology, why wouldn't we use it? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you for explaining that. Um, at the bottom of the final report, after they did the input, uh, the application at Cleveland Metro, they put at the bottom of the final report, the total cost for a similar size hospital. And it's a, it's a decent or not hospital. It's a system. It's a decent size with acute care and with, um, provider offices, things like that. It was twenty five hundred dollars for what? so the, the the source code is free twenty five hundred dollars oh for the like hard drives and stuff. I'm not really too sure on what all that entails because I'm not techie. Keep me with the bodies, not yeah. the computers. Um, 
but it was $2,500 for the, the hardware. And then it was about a month's worth of work to implement it. So that way we could see this improvement. And in the Cleveland Metro study, it showed a 30-fold increase. There was one report made in previous periods. And then when they looked at the study, there were 16 that were automatically reported. So the provider didn't have to do anything. And there were additional 16 that the provider confirmed. When they, when they, and this is all in the education. Right. So you can read all about that. But the providers found these messages, 55% found the messages to be helpful and said they did not interfere with their workflow. And that's what we need. We need to reduce the burden on our providers because they are so overworked. Their, their attention should be treating that patient to mitigate the risk of long-term issues and improving quality of life. Okay, so I really, really want to direct people's attention to the VAERS project. It's, is it the VAERS project or VAERS project? VAERS project is okay. the website. It, v- you, can, you can use either the VAERS project or, or VAERS project and it'll come up. Mm-hmm. This is... There is so much information on this site. I was just reading through, I think you have a your whole guide there. I mean, she, Ashley covers everything. I, I It's so thorough and it's easy. I mean, it's just step by step. I mean, you really broke it down. Here's this, here's this, here's this. There's nothing to be intimidated by. It's just, wow, I didn't know all this. And it really, really is so helpful. I think we really need people to understand, again, how important this is. I mean, if you think about the millions and millions and millions of doses of vaccines that are going into children, all of us, you want to make sure that the data is there and safety signals are being picked up. Like this should be okay. We This needs to be like a top priority because of safety. safety. And gives the data, it gives these agencies a, a view, you know, that a starting point, yeah. A starting point. And then it gives you, the consumer, the patient, oh, well, what do we know about this? So you can make an informed choice. Neither one of us are going to sit here and tell you, oh, don't take this vaccine or do take that one. That is not the goal here. That's never the goal. That's not the goal of, of Hoosiers for Medical Liberty. It's that's not all, our business. It's, that's, that's what we are promoting. That's your, that's, that's your business. That's your decision. But you do have the right to be informed, and you cannot be properly informed if the data isn't being collected. And so you, again, as a consumer out there, you need to be asking your doctor about this. I mean, not badgering them or anything, but just, hey, are you reporting this? And well, and patients, I mean, patients can report, you can report, you can report as well. I want to point out though, if you are reporting there's, I have a guide on the website. You can go look at it. It tells you the required information and then it tells you what's requested. We need full and complete reports because if we don't have as much information as possible, this isn't just about identifying the damages that the vaccine alone causes. It's about identifying certain subsets or or groups of patients that have a higher risk. Is it because the patient was on a certain medication? Is it because they had, oh gosh, I, I found this safety signal and as we were drilling it down, we found patients with this diagnosis were more likely to have this Right, the more, the more information, the better. Yeah, and so we can really truly help people because if you want the vaccine and you get the vaccine, I still care about you. I still want the best possible outcome for yes. you as an individual. That's the goal, yes. that's the goal. 
And so that's why reporting is going to be important, not just it's reporting is important for everybody because yes. we just want to be able to help provide you with the best care if you are one of those unfortunate people. And myocarditis and pericarditis are huge for me because I know that if they don't, if these people don't get appropriate treatment, the risks of them having poor quality of life in five to 10 years are pretty significant. The risks of them needing a heart transplant in the future, especially given normal lifestyle and, and diet choices of Americans, we're getting into really dangerous territory. And I don't want that for anybody because I had patients in the hospital who died in their 30s of heart failure. I don't want to see that. Yeah, and, and we are seeing quite a bit of that happening. But again, the goal here is education, 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 you know, for people to be informed. Yep. You take, you, you need to be responsible. And I don't, I mean, I, I don't want to sound negative towards doctors or anything or nurses because I know how busy they are, but you need to, um, you can't just rely and just say, oh, you know, my doctor, your doctor's busy, your nurse is busy. And it's not, it's not that they don't care about you, but they can't, they can't think of everything all the time. So it's up to you as an individual to also follow through and make sure these things are happening and make sure, make sure your um, medical professionals know, hey, are you aware of this? Because a lot of times, you know, you don't. It's hard to keep up with all the things. And I, that's a, I want to say this before I forget. That's a really important point. Only one report needs to be made. So whoever is going to do the most thorough and complete report, that's the person that should do it because we don't want a bunch of different reports clogging the system. They will take and mesh those together. But I think that also when they take and, and match those up, it lends to some it lends to some extra issues. And we want to try to mitigate that as much as possible because we want to make sure that we can see these things. So only one report needs to be made. Talk to your doctor. If a report is made, you should get your confirmation number. You can always add more information to a report. So they have that tool. And again, this is in the, it's in the education, but talking to your doctor and saying, Hey, I don't know if you know this, but I recently found out that VAERS isn't just for confirmed reactions. It's for any clinically significant adverse event that occurs after vaccination. And you have that completely spelled out in, in the education. I cannot encourage you enough. If you are a healthcare professional in any capacity, please, please click the, the link to the VAERS project will be in the show notes. Just click on it, go there. Um, we need to get this information out to just as many people as we can. And I mean, I'd like to come back, you know, a year from now saying, wow, look at, look at how this has grown. And three I mean, months, six months, I, but, but it to just to get it started and get it started across, you know, the country, because this can improve everyone's health. This is a tool that can truly improve. It can improve the medications, the safety, um, and, and help everyone. So, um, I don't know if there's any concluding remarks there, Ashley? I think that's good. I look forward to seeing how this shapes patient care and safety in the future. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links discussed in today's episode. Until next time, may you be a fortifier to the world around you.